Good afternoon and welcome to another version of the Catalyst Conversations. Um, we have the pleasure of speaking with Peter Dulling from, um, and I'm going to probably kill this so you can correct me, Peter, Spensky Ved. Um, how, how was I supposed to say that? Well, you can say it like it sounds, Ved. Okay. So, Ved. Um, you guys yep. are based in Sweden. So, yes, can we you are. Tell us a little bit. You're the founder. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and what you're working on? Yes. Uh, well, basically, we're we are a, a life science brand. Uh, we're we're more a, a product brand than anything else. Uh, this is this is a company that has been developed to the point we're at now uh, for process over ten years. So, uh, like I said, this is it's all about pharmacy uh, and it's all about uh, clinically tried products and. Uh, it's a lot less boring, I suppose, than, than much of the, the hubbub <laughs> and the, 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 the drama of, of uh, parts, parts of, of, of the market surrounding uh, cannabis. So are, these are medicinal uh, products? They are medicinal products. There will be uh, mere cosmetics and there will be also uh, wellness products and also food products. But these, these are all far, far into the future, several years. Um, and, you know, looking into the future, you know, what excites you about the European market? I'm assuming that's your target. I, I think that what is, is developing here, what's, what's evolving uh, in the European market is completely different than, than the US uh, expansion of, of, of cannabis. And I think that it is going to, uh, it's going to do the job. I, there's, there, there's a whole point and a whole meaning that, that the world started you know, approaching cannabis from a legal perspective uh and af after 2009 and and with with all the the material coming in from from the world health organization uh and and from the un uh it it became very clear that we we were dealing with the problems that came out of having this this, this crazy situation with with war on drugs etc uh just causes just, just terrible division in society. Polarity, uh, it, it causes political division, it causes extreme, you know, you know, flight of, of capital from, from the taxed market. Uh, it's, it's unsustainable, it's completely unsustainable. So what, what- Yeah, and specifically, if you look even further back into the historical aspects of, you know, why these prohibitions were, um, you know, enacted and who was behind them, right? So these were pharmaceutical companies looking to protect their interests. This were tobacco companies looking to protect their interests. So, you know, when you look at the stigmatization of, of cannabis, um, you really want to look at the players that were driving that. Even there, I, I, I keep coming back to that, right? Because we, we've looked at, you know, what the reasons for, for the stigmatization or the alienation of, of, of cannabis as a product, uh, that's just a convergence of interest. Uh, reality is that the needs are still there. And I think this is what, what is so important when it comes to, you know, looking at what is different between the U.S. market and the European market is that here the authorities actually took the data seriously and, and really did take a look at it. And I think the German authorities and, and the Dutch authorities are, are you know, 
they have come for the furthest in, in really taking, taking a serious look at the issue from, from an engineering standpoint, because that's, that's where you have to do this, you know, because it's, it, it really is about engineering. And it's, it's not about engineering in a product kind of way. It's, it's, it's about social engineering. And in, in, in this, this regard, what the, the uh, supranational kind of platforms have made it very, very clear to the international you know, business community. It's, it's, it's said that, all right, well, these are the needs. This is what we see needs to be done. Uh, so if you, if you try to see to that, and if you try to satisfy those actual needs, then, then you're in. Kind of that's that's the message. If 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 you read what what's been going on, you know, uh, with with the UN and with with uh, the 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 WHO and and with the EMDCCA, uh, so so it's it's all there's there's an there's a very adult. <laughs> I like that. It's it's attractive. <laughs> there's a very adult kind of attitude towards actually addressing this in in a good way here. Uh, not to disrupt, because in Europe, we're a little bit more cynical in some ways than they are in, in the U.S. in some ways, uh, where we know that certainly there, there's, there's a great deal of, of criminal elements that are certainly making money from, from this product. But instead of just you know, looking at it from a moral standpoint, we, we decided to look at the scientific facts. And the scientific facts have shown us that, all right, well, to a large part, a lot of this, this business can be integrated into functional uh, and, and transparent business. And it doesn't need to be in a kind of gray zone. So for us as a company, that's, that's kind of where we started out. We started looking at needs. We were just me and my partner, Louise, and we just happened to be very good at finding things out. So we, we got tiny little jobs here and there. Could you go talk to the sheriff you know, down in Jacksonville? Could you, uh, can you uh, find out if, what, 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 what the zoning rules for, for this county is? Uh, we need seeds over here. It, who, how do we find legal seeds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So depending on where you come in, for us, it was all about function. And when we came into the business, we were trying to understand, well, is this is this is this possible to 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 really do? Uh, sorry about that. Is this is it is it really possible to do an effective uh, tra transition of of this this business? You know, from from what it what was the very raw kind of kind of raw business that was the early American business around two thousand. You know, 12, 2013, 14, as they started to open up on the West Coast in the US. So what we found was that, that yes, it was you know, extremely raw and, and very simplistic, but at the time looking at, at the US and, and how the US business has kind of evolved, I think that the criticism from, from corporate level uh, actors in this sphere has been you know, right, because they're, they're really saying it for, for what it is, you know, everyone's just running for the quick buck, and no one's really interested in finding out what you need to find out in order to put, uh, you know, products on the market with a long lifespan and really caring for what is the patient, you know, the end user. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen the green rush, and, and you know, and particularly we've seen this around products like CBD, 
where you know people just ran to the market. Um, you had no way of knowing what you were getting. There was no standards. There was no labeling or consistency in the labeling. Um, you know, and then when we went back and tested some of these products, many of them didn't even contain CBD, despite what you know exactly making yeah. a claim on that. So we do need these standards and you know um, <clears throat> compliance and testing and you know, all that. Um, but the, I think one of the challenges is that the the systems are in place to make this as complicated as possible rather than supporting um, the growth of this industry. Um, I, for instance, I, the licensing, you know, like if you, you know, you talk about Germany, look at the licensing in Germany and who got licenses, right? Yeah. Um, how, how does that support economic development? How does that, you know, a bunch of Canadian companies got big licenses. Um, you know, we're starting to see that change a little bit, but, you know, the, the approach is wrong because they, they're not looking at this from an economic development standpoint of well, job creation and taxation. No, they're, they're, they're looking to attract a quick, a quick, uh, a quick profit. And r realistically, you cannot enter a young market and set quick profit goals without that costing somewhere. You know, that's just that's just basic. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about the. I'm not even talking about the companies. I'm talking about the governments and the legislation. No, absolutely. But the, 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 but but here's here's the difference. The I I, I truly believe that uh, there's a very very big difference in 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 the approaches towards the product. Uh, if we look at Germany, you see that there's there is an understanding that this this is an actual. Uh, this really is kind of a commodity. It's in a gray zone. It used to be a commodity. It needs to be probably a commodity. Uh, some somehow in a, in a, you know find find a, a format with where where that works again. You know because we have to have quality class systems. That's that's just how it is. It that's how we do it with every other commodity. We we need to do that. But at the same time, there's there's uh, there's a big issue with with people. Uh, confusing uh, moral indignation for politics. And these are not the same things uh, and they should not be confused. One, in this case, one needs to look at what are the actual needs. And the difference between this and a product like, uh, and this is important because we've, we've, we've come across, you know, places where, where we've been told by, by people in, in government that, that they have perceived the product as, well, we think this should be rather in, uh, say, alcohol and tobacco. And we told them, well, that, that is not the reality of it, because the data that has been brought forth, you know, the, by the WHO in, in 2018 and then, then, then pub publicly uh, published in, in 2019, clearly, clearly specifies that this is a medical product. Uh, everything about it. And the interesting part is now we, we still have this idea where, where we make these distinctions. They say there's you know, recreational use and a medical use. But looking at the data, the data makes it pretty specific that all use is medical use. It's, it's a degree, of course. You know, there, there's, there's a difference uh, in, in therapeutic, uh, say, say uh, outcomes in, in a person who just needs to relax on a Friday or Saturday night or someone who has uh, chronic pain, you know, it's like, but it, it is still a, it is still a medical response that gives the, uh, the, the non-chronic person a, a uh, symptom relief because he's right, stress I mean, relief. But so. when we, when we think of 
you know, medicinal, <laughs> what we want is evidence-based, right? We want to make sure that the product has gone through some form of trial, that the, you know, the claims that are being made as to the efficacy towards whatever, exactly. um, you know, whatever problem is being addressed, whether it be pain management, something like that, that there's been studies that we know that indeed, um, it does have this effect. Yep. And, you know, we can expect these types of outcomes. We understand what the potential side effects could be. Right? We want, you know, if it's going to be a medicinal product, we want it to be evidence-based, right? And that is the only way that, you know, your doctor is going to prescribe it, is if there are trials that have supported the yes. claims, right? Because exactly. one of the challenges that we've seen, and again, I'm going to fall back to the CBD products, is, you know, in order to go with the rush of making lots of money, you know, people just went out and made all kinds of outrageous claims about what the CBD could do. You know, according to the claims, it pretty much can do anything and everything, you know, um, and yet none of that's been supported by, you know, any sort of trials or any sort of clinical data. No so, one wants to put the money in there. Well, but, but the reality is, you know, there is a difference between recreational and medicinal because with medicinal, you need evidence. You know, if you are going to yes, in, in, in this regard, absolutely. In this regard, I'm 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 com completely in, in, in agreement. I, and I, I I also I think that this should be an incentive to actually put this this whole thing. Put your money where your mouth is. That if if we're looking at companies like some of these companies out there, they're they're you know they're they're grossing 150 you know million dollars in in le less than six months. You know. Uh, you can easily put, you know, two of those million dollars in, in, into clinical trials. And if you don't do that, you know, that's a signal that, that you're actually out to disrupt the market. You're just out to, to main, maintain an unstable situation and to continue to, uh, to milk that unstable situation until there comes a point where you cannot milk it anymore. And this is what there, there's just four companies in the U.S. that are doing this, you know, mainly uh, what their purposes are and what their strategic reasons. God knows. Uh, who knows? Well, the reasons are to make money. But, you know, anyone who has any experience in drug development knows this is a slow, arduous process, which is tremendously expensive. You know, yes, the, it's, it, the it's, average it's, timeline it's, to bring, bring a drug to market is 10 years. 10 years. 10 years of bill, a billion dollars. Two billion dollar, you know, price tag. Yeah. I mean, you know, to go through the, the different trials, to go through the different stages, you know, this is a process. And, you know, you have to, you know, if you're going to go through a medicinal um, and make medicinal claims, then you have to, you know, be in it for the long haul. Yes. And again, it's seeing it for what it was. I feel like, like for us, it's, it's, it's been, it's grown on us because we, we got into this, because we got a tip. I, I, have, I have a terrible back injury and I got a tip about CBD and it turned out that, wow, this stuff worked for me, you know, so oh, cool. Uh, so I kind of hung around and I figured, well, you know, I'll, I'll just see what this really is. Because at, like I said, early 2012, 13 there, we were looking at it and it really didn't feel, how, how do we, how <laughs> How do we format this so so we can reach you know your your, your grandma or you know who, who wants to go to, to to the pharmacy and who has you know a, a, a bad hip or something because that's that's ultimately where where this needs to go uh, so so just understanding the whole culture around it and, and 
and I think more than anything, I it's been uh, it's been an incredible ride to see how much with cannabis is mere social drama, uh, cultural drama, and also I'd say somewhat you know psycho psychosocial bit pathological because it's it's holding on to lifestyle surrounding uh this 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 product which is merely a medical product you know it's it's no more dr dramatic than aspirin when it when it comes down to it uh, so you know aspirin kill you too so uh and and, and cannabis can't do that so it's it's, it's less dramatic <laughs> it's, but, well i mean you, it, know, you know it's been stigmatized for years so that's oh, yes. not going to go oh. away overnight no no it, it's not it's not definitely but i i, I think what what we're seeing in Europe is a, uh, a de-dramatization of, of a de-romanticization of, of the whole issue. I kind of, you know, it, it deflating it a little bit. And I, I think that's good. Uh, I think one of the things that I, I see that I think is really good about the German and, and the Dutch, uh, you know, government discussion is, is that there's an actual awareness of the fact that we really need to work as an entire European market to really, really bring down prices on biomaterial uh, in such a way that, that it, it correlates with the black market. And if we don't do that, we're all in agreement that if we don't do that, we will lose the market to the black market. It's, it's, it's a fact. Uh, and again, uh, this is, this is an actual open understanding. This is something that, that we all know this. It's a fact. Now, everyone are not, you know, in agreement on this. Every, you know, some, some people are still, you know, they're in, in strategies where they're considering, well, maybe we'll, we'll just max this as long as we can. And, and I'm, you know, considering the way the European market is, then no one can go alone. That's, that's not how Europe works. You have to be very, very uh, one step at a time and very diplomatic about everything because no one walks alone, you know, we don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I don't think anyone is gonna, you know, argue against that, right? Because, you know, if you price it at a point where, you know, it's just ridiculous, of course, people are gonna continue to go to the black market. But the, but there's other challenges, you know, you, you speak to Germany and, and if you look at Germany, you know, there are so many different jurisdictions that all have different rules when it comes to CBD and cannabis. Yep. So there's not even, it's not even a German market. There's individual markets within Germany um, yeah. that aren't consistent and that aren't, um, you know, it, it, what you can do in Berlin is different than what you can do in Munich. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. Oh yes. And so but they, they haven't even resolved that. You know, nope. so we don't have that consistency. We don't have, you know, that alignment. And then you multiply that by 28 member states um, you know, that is a really difficult challenge to overcome yeah. because we can't even manage it in, in a single country like Germany. No. What, what we've done is we've, we've gone down to the basics and just, just address the issue for what it is, uh, medical compounds, uh, pharmacology. And we've, we've, we've done the, the deep dive into the pharm pharmacology, into the regu regular, regulatory, uh, just the framework. And that's how we built uh, everything. So that's how, how the, the products that we're now developing for market, they're not going to be on market for at least four years. Uh, so, you know, we, we have about, well, you know, who knows? Maybe we're lucky. Maybe they're nice. <laughs> who knows? But we're, 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 we believe it's, it's realistic with four years. Uh, and that's just 
from what we have understood that, well, this is, this is how the regulatory reality has addressed the issue. And it says, well- I would say, you know, I, I applaud you for going that route because that's the way, the route that we need to go. But in the meantime, we have other, you know, entrants in the market who aren't so concerned. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and then, you know, you know, I don't know, have you run into Delta 8 and Kratom? I, I tend to bring that up all the time. But, you know, these are people that have clearly found a workaround um, and are just willing to exploit that for a quick buck. Well, you know, there, there's always going to be, <laughs> there's always going to be uh, various business business models. And they, they always... Uh, some succeed, uh, some some don't succeed. Uh, you know, some business models are built to 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 fail quickly uh, and and to to really maximize the the profit you make during during that that time time window that that you're building for. Uh, it it's up to each and every one how they build their own companies and the people who who get involved with that. I I, I really think so. I yeah, but but the challenge is that. You know, as we're trying to destigmatize the planet, as we're trying to develop credibility and standards, you know, the, these other players who aren't so concerned about all that are tainting the market because oh, they're bringing in products. You know, well, if, if if you look at it, well, if we look at it from a conflict perspective, yes, that one could say that it's tainting the market. Uh, if you look at it from from a from a process kind of perspective, uh, a Kind of, I don't know, d- dynamic capitalist kind of perspective. Then it's not; they're not so much hurting the market as simply doing what that group of entrepreneurs always do in any kind of new market. Uh, history also shows that uh, most of them are going to be gone without within ten years. That's just a historic fact. Uh, and the the companies that that really will be there in those ten years are going to be a couple of those companies that will survive and will have adapted their business model to a, to a steadier business model and and it'll be the companies who have had you know more of a long long term uh, build up coming from where they came from so it's all about this is I would say that this is like the third or fourth generation of a legal uh, modern segment regarding cannabis and I I, I honestly don't think that uh, here's one example what what we do with this company really really matters for all these other little companies because we bring um value to their business and we we can we we help people get better at what they do and we uh we can help people you know maneuver in in the landscape and and to excel and to understand you know, understanding the market for what it is and truly, if you care about your market, you, 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 um, you want to get involved in it and you, you, you want to get to know as many people as you can in it. And you try to see what it is, because if you see a market for what it is, you understand that this is a fantastic thing that you've been given. You know, you're a part of something truly wonderful. Now, sure, uh, you know, you, you can run business from a sheer capitalist point of view. But, you know, in the end, that always kind of never really works out so well, you know, uh, because it, it, it ends up, you know, 
affecting products and this ends up affecting yeah, more than anything the end user not so much that it's you know from the capitalist perspective because if you invest in your company and build a company over time so that you can last for a long time that's capitalistic that's fine absolutely um, these are people who are trying to turn a quick buck um you know they are at best you know working loopholes in the system that they've managed to figure out um, but, you know, what this comes down to, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, was, you know, if grandma goes in and wants to buy a product, right, and this is her first experience, and she buys a questionable product that now is available because of some loophole, and that yeah. hasn't been tested, that has no sort of um, standards applied to it, that the labeling is, is either wrong or misleading, um, especially when it comes to medical claims, you know, she will take that information and say, oh, look, this, you know, yeah. this is a bad industry because look what they've done to me. And yeah. this is at a time when we are trying to, you know, um, destigmatize the industry and, and, you know, say this is a legitimate medical product. This has legitimate medical needs. Um, and so, you know, I, I would push back that, you know, they're not being capitalists. They're, they're opportunistic. And yes, they're well, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have to say There's a difference between that and exploiting people, right? I, I agree. I, I, I completely agree. I, like I said, I, I, because that's really where, where it's at. That, that is where, where it lands. Why we do it. You know, it, you, you, you want to... I want my family, and my friends, to, to to be comfortable and safe. You know, it's it's that simple. I, you know, I've 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 traveled for about thirty years with like one hundred and fifty travel days. You know, with my my previous job, um, my family is not in you know some village up in the north of Sweden, and that's it. My my family happens to be global. After that amount of time, and you know, working around the world, I. This, this is a question of organization. Um, someone asked me a while ago, we'll say, you know, well, well, well what, about, what about the cartels? What about all the, these um, drug cartels, et cetera? I, I can't help it, you know, the, these cartels and these large so-called criminal, you know, companies are corporations. They're corporations. It's, it is a, a side of cap capitalism. I'm not saying it's a great side, but it, it is right. a side. Uh, but that's why it's so important is... that the governments take a leading role. That Absolutely. The, the governments don't try to tax it to death so that it becomes, you know, outpriced, you know, and that, you know, that there's some, you know, social equity so that people can get into the industry without having, you know, one of the problems with the industry is this just an expensive industry to get into. Very I think that's so that's, that eliminates yeah. who can participate. Yes, and then, you know the cartels have plenty of money; they can they can participate. You know, so you know we need to look at sort of social equity programs as to why we're not supporting you know smaller entrepreneurs and small and startup companies. Yes, um, so that we can legitimize this and that we can you know produce a product that is reasonably priced, that is safe, um, so that folks don't have to revert back to the black market. But the thing, the thing is, it doesn't need to be a black market. There, there's, we, there's no place for it anymore. Uh, it causes, it, it causes social, social destabilization. It's, it's not good. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it is merely a product. And 
it is a product that is, when you look at it, you know, it, it, it comes off as an initially as kind of a commodity. But then you look at the realities. We have 200 million people who daily consume this product. 200 million people who will daily, regardless of what consequences, regardless, will consume this product every day. You know, that's, that's a sign of an intrinsic product. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a product that, that means more to these people than risk of, of punishment, than risk of, you know, even losing maybe health or life. Uh, so this is, not, this is not rational. It can't be stopped by legislation. It needs to instead be cared for and, and, and you know, uh, opened. And, yeah, but, and, I mean, but the challenge as it relates back to the black market is even yeah. in areas where there is adult use, you know, beyond medicinal, there's even adult use allowed, right? So yep. you'd say, oh, well, you know, it's an open market. People should now be able to go to legitimate um, places. But what we look is there's, a, you know, a, a tax applied, you know, a luxury tax or a sin tax applied, you know, at 30%. Or, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of other things that, you know, make it difficult for it to compete, you know, in order for the cartels to go away, you have to offer a competing product. No, well, absolutely. You know, it'd be, it'd be like to be, if, if, if you're going to be completely open about it, uh, the only way to make the cartels go away, <laughs> if, you, if, if you would have that as a goal, would be to invite them. That would be the only way to fully integrate and, and to get rid of the, the problem that exists surrounding these products. Uh, and, and to do that, well, the only thing that stands in the way for that is knowledge. Uh, it, it sounds kind of rough, but over these years, you know, the, the people that we've sat down and talked to, even with people who are, who are in the criminal side of the business, just to understand how, how they work and how their reality is, well, it's it very much is a question of, knowledge framework and understanding of well how do you even start a business how how does how does even tax regulation work what what is to a large part of the people who have kind of reside within the, the gray and the black markets uh, they're kind of locked out you know and they 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 build and this is what the entire deal with with the stop the, the the whole idea about the leave no one behind program the the sustainability uh, agenda the the idea surrounding you know the the, the agenda 2030 etc is what this is all about because we're looking at what has happened is is that cannabis regulation and and attitudes have become so toxic that they really are separating society uh, in a way that's kind of on, you know, right on the verge to what Nazis were doing, you know, and we don't see that because we're, we're in this, you know, every people have their jobs and there we have our safety and security and we, we live our lives nicely, you know, but not everyone has that. In reality, we're talking about maybe 10% of, of the entire population who are directly affected 
you know, by, by this in a way where detrimentally, you know, undermines their, their capacity for having a good quality life, you know, and to getting access to education, to getting access to, you know, even a, even a good, you know, to start a company, you might need a loan, you know, many, many countries, you can't even get a loan if you do not have that education or if you say have a, a, a sentence, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's, it's a whole situation that has just, undermined social function and and uh, has really done done a number on on democracy so i mean it really is it's 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 a lot bigger than cannabis <laughs> and, and you know let, let's go back to europe um one of the you know one of my beliefs is that you know we need one of the big countries to you know embrace this and, and i think we're looking at germany yeah so you know what do you believe that once um, Germany, you know, fully embraces this, you know, whether it be adult use or medicinal, what have you, um, that the other countries in the EU will start to come on board? God, I have no idea. I honestly don't <laughs> right now. I wish I knew. I, I, the, the, the way I see it, uh, I really think that Germany is going to, you know, pick up the torch in a good way. Uh, I believe that within five years, there will be a position where people will be able to grow maybe, you know, three or four plants themselves, you know, uh, adults. And uh, I think there'll probably be some kind of regulation for uh, artisanal grow, you know, in, in small scale. And I think there will be uh, provisions set up around and frameworks set up around uh, any kind of commercial uh, product, just the way that they're doing it now. I, I honestly believe that very much with the extremely high costs and, the, and the, the complications that have been around it has been there to kind of mitigate a, a, uh, it going too fast. Uh, and I, I really think that you will find most of these products in, in pharmacies, German pharmacies in about five years. Uh, just There'll be special pharmacies. Uh, there's a couple of companies working with that right now and they'll be in, in all well-sorted uh, pharmacies. I also believe that there will be in some states uh, more artisanal uh, shops where you, where you can you know, maybe buy some special brands or that, that are made in under other, other provisions. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we've talked about that as from, you know, like the craft beer model, where if you want to have an organically, you know, if you are a consumer and you want to have an organically grown product, you know, you can seek that out. It won't be the mass produced product. Um, it won't be a medicinal product because none of that would qualify for the GMP. Um, but, you know, there'll be, like you said, there'll be artisanal you know, avenues for, you know, if I want something locally grown or I want something organically grown, um, you know, or, you know, I, I think yeah. that will exist. Um, unfortunately, I think that will be a, a relatively small percentage of the overall market. I, you know, looking at it, I, 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 I don't see the market, I don't see the product going away. Uh, as, as is right now, it seems like, like European uh, medical agency uh, is setting their foot down in, in, in regards of uh especially CBD. And they've said that, well, uh, we want uh, synthetic CBDs if you're, gonna, if you're gonna be putting these out into the pharmacies. And uh, so they, they're, so, and this isn't settled yet. We will see how this all plays out. Uh, five years ago, unthinkable in, in, in the cannabis industry. Uh, and now the discussion is totally different. 
uh, we're, we're seeing a, a new discussion that really does take the patient finally <laughs> as, as the, the, the first interest, you know, of, you know, the first person of interest in, in the whole issue, you know. Uh, up until now, it's been the business talking about how the business could make money right. uh, r- rather than, than, than see to how can we solve the needs <laughs> and realities and the unmet needs of the patients. And who are the patients? What are the actual needs? I mean, that's, I, I think more than anything, that, that has been the, the big deal. And in, in Germany, there has been over the last, since 2015, a, a, a mountain is coming of, of, of studies out of there. And this, this, this leads on as well. See, everything kind of opens up new, new venues and, and kind of we see that, all right, there's enough, there's enough material here to actually support uh, a next level clinical study or right over here with this one, we see that, okay, so there's, there's, there's enough indication here to, to actually pull this one through. So because it's all about statistic relevance and it really is the same thing that as when you're working with developing any, any kind of other drug, you know? So it, it, it's a question of holding on to tight regimens in how you, how you make, how you, how you shape your, your product. Uh, and this is, this is very much to do with, with you know, understanding legal and understanding pharm- pharmacology. And this is something we, we can't do this alone, you know, coming, coming from, you know, coming from direct from say, County, you know, county or college, you know. <laughs> oh, I got this idea. I'm going to start a cannabis company. It takes a lot more than that. Uh, and this is the reason why we're seeing so much Ivy League uh, CEOs coming coming up in these kind of companies because it is that type of understanding of the corporate landscape that you need to have. Yeah, you, need I mean, to understand. you know. That, you know that we, we talk about that all the time where you know you can have a great idea but in order you know what really comes down to it is can you execute and execution yeah. is about can you raise money right do the investors believe that you have a track record that would substantiate giving you a couple million dollars to try yeah. you know you know a lot of times what happens is we'll see the r d types come out of academia um, but they've never taken a product to market they've never you know branded a product you know, so they have great ideas and we're not discounting those ideas, but the reality is they're not going to build companies because they don't have the experience. So you need, as you suggested, that, you know, business people who've been there, done that, maybe in other fields or in other industries, but at least, you know, somebody who's brought a product to market, someone who yeah. knows how to raise venture capital um, yeah. and equity and understands what all that means. Um, you know, so you're right. It's, it's not just about having a really good idea and like, oh, I'm going to start a company <clears throat> because, you know, as you know, you know, you need to fund it, which is a lot of work. Um, you know, you need to understand how to take a product to market. You need to understand how to evaluate the market, how to position your, your company in the market. Um, so it's, it's more than a good idea, yes. <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Well, again, you know, this is, and, and I, I, this is something I feel good about. I, I think that, well, great, you know, uh, we're a couple of companies now that have, have, you know, done this, this, you know, detective work of, of figuring all these really complex things out. Uh, we will be needing all these great people working with us. Uh, and we're going to have to teach them what, what we've learned, 
And the, as we do this, also there's going to you know be new companies and, and new new ambition and new new talent going to be showing up and say that well, okay, we're really we're willing, we'll we'll learn, we'll just let us in here and we'll we'll do it, you know. And that's, yeah. that's I'm I'm really happy about. It. I, I feels kind of cool that that uh, this this group of companies have kind of taken its a different direction than than the Canadians and and and, and the North Americans. I think. I, mean, I like that. And I, I guess my response to that would be is, you know, what we need to do, though, is to provide an ecosystem that supports these types of companies, right? Because that e ecosystem yeah. doesn't exist currently in, in that format, because the folks that want to enter this market in a legitimate way, the only way to enter these markets in a legitimate way is to be a big player, because then you have yeah. the bandwidth and the capital to look for five years down the road. You know, the average entrepreneur yeah. cannot self-fund, and you know, I'm sure you can attest this, how difficult difficult it is to self-fund for 10 years to get a, a product. Oh, yes. Right. So that eliminates, yeah, yeah. you know, we need to create uh, an ecosystem and we need to create a landscape for these opportunities um, for different people within the industry to Absolutely. survive the startup process. Absolutely. I, I, I think we're building a market. You know, I, I really, I don't think a market is something that, that, you know, boom, suddenly there's a market and then it's there. You know, it, my experience is that the market is something that is a constant. And if you enter the market, you know, regardless of what it is that you're bringing to that market, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to be in for change, you know, for, for, for as long as you will be in that market, because market means change. It really does. That's, 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 it's volatility creates, you know, it's, it, you know, it brings interest, it brings capital, it brings ideas, it brings innovation, fierce uh, possibilities. So that's just but part the market's of supposed what, to be open to everyone, not just the the few players that have enough money. I agree, one hundred percent. And I said that's 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 kind of what why I like being able to, to to kind of stepping into this thing like like this because when we first started out, you know, ten years ago, it wasn't a position where where people would say, well, that's kind of impossible because it's so much work. And thank God we, we had done <laughs> that much, you know, large scale structural work with stuff that we'd done before. So it didn't, it didn't look you know, impossible. It looked like, well, that's a lot of work. Uh, it, it's, it's taken about two years longer than I thought. Uh, it, all in all, it's taken about, yeah, two, two years longer than I did, did you know, think. But Actually, it's but it would never have been possible if, if we wouldn't have worked internationally with you know developing and you know bringing products to market and really understanding the whole the whole product journey and the whole process uh, because without that you can't possibly make a strong analysis of what the cannabis is business is you know because it's it looks initially too abstract. Because there's there's so much, like I said, so much cultural and social drama going on around it that it it, it just really diffuses uh, the, well, the reality. I think the also thing which is confusing is when people think about the cannabis business, they think you know, especially on the legal side, they think about the dispensary, right? Yeah. And there's just so much more 
layers <laughs> the industry, right? <laughs> because you know, any industry means that you have service providers who support it, you have distributors, you have extractors, you have you know growers. So I mean this, you know, this is and I'm sorry, I'm saying this as many times as I have, is this is an ecosystem, right? And yes, need, it is. You know, so when people think about the industry, what they think about is you know the the seller. Right. Who the retailer, the seller, um, but there's so much more that we need to support yes. in order for all that to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we what do you think the next step is? How do we move, continue to move this forward? And especially how do we create opportunities um, so that, you know, people can enter this business legitimately yes. um, and move forward? We need brains. I'm not, I'm not kidding around. Uh, we need uh more smart people in this business, uh, really, really. Uh, if 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 you're watching this and you're you're from you know any any of the larger universities and, and you're looking at you know a business degree, uh, thank you for this, watching. By this the way, is yeah. yes, and thank you. Just just this is this is you're in the right place. Uh, pursue it. Uh, it's we really really need organized smart people with uh, an understanding that this is a legitimate market. Uh, and and the the more good people we get here, uh, the better this this business is going to you know uh, develop because it comes down to it, it originates with some fantastic people all over the world. You know, sure there there's some some other people as well, but you know the 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 core of what became the even the criminal side is on the nicer side of things <laughs> in in reality uh, when when one goes out into the bush and, and says hi to people uh and I, I i think this is something that that speaks good for for the entire business uh it at core it's about wanting other people well um you know the, anyone you've met with with met you know in the u.s south america and out in your outside in, you know in europe who have, who have, you know, worked with this product, be it legal or illegal. Most of them are nice people. The one thing that really, really need, we need more of is education. Uh, so uh, smart people, come on, this is fun. It's, 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 it's a good place, nice people. So, yeah. Peter, we very much appreciate your insights and spending time with us today. If folks want to learn more about what you're doing, where can they find you? They can find the old, very ugly homepage at svenskaverde.com. Svenskaverde.com. in case you didn't get all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, Bruh. Anyway, uh, uh, and there you can have a little bit of look. In a couple of weeks, there will be a, a finer, a finer presentation. <laughs> well, we look forward to that. Again, we appreciate your time very much. Um, and we look for great things and hopefully we can have this discussion again in about one or two years and we can see how far we've come. Absolutely. I really, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. It was a great discussion and great conversation. I very much appreciate it. Thanks, Peter.